When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Bobby. Um, thanks very much for joining us. So tell us about the Mental Podcast. Why did you decide to set it up? Sure. So Mental, the podcast to destigmatize mental health is its full name, which sometimes I regret because it is quite long to say, (laughs) but it does give you a good idea of what it's about. And I set it up back in 2018, having had a lot of experience of mental ill health through my life from quite a young age. And I wanted to turn that into something positive, you know, what I'd learned in terms of my own mental health, but also through volunteering with the likes of Samaritans, Nightline, which is uh, the student slash university equivalent. Um, And yeah, another kind of mental health related work like that. Um, So it was really just a way to take what I'd learned and try and do something positive and break down stigma because I recognized just how much worse that can make people's mental health as if the issues aren't bad enough, then you're getting judged and discriminated against for them. Can you tell us a bit about your personal experience of mental ill health? When did you know it all kind of start for you? What kind of experiences have you had? Sure. So it's always a bit tricky to figure out how early my experience mm-hmm. has started. And part of that is part of the problem, right? Because mental health is difficult at times to articulate because it affects how our brains work. It affects our our cognitive abilities. And part of that for me was experiencing depression from a young age. One of my symptoms is memory loss. And so there's whole parts of my childhood where my mental health was bad, which I have now gaps in memory. 
Um, so it's difficult to say how how early that started, but right from some of my earliest memories, I can remember actively being happy, which I now know was pretending to be happy. But at the time, it just felt like happiness and presenting in a way that the adults around me felt comfortable with, aka not sad unless I had a seemingly good reason. That just became like a natural part of my life. And it wasn't until looking back on that years later, I realized that was depression and that I was showing masking behaviors, um, partly because of the stigma that um, can encourage us to try and pretend that we're okay when we're not. Um, was there anything that happened sort of in particular when you got a bit older, like maybe a diagnosis or something that helped you manage things um, a bit better? Uh, sure, definitely. So I reached a point with depression in particular where I was so bad that I'm I sort of had already realized what it was. So this was um, much later, so uh, early adulthood, where I the symptoms were just becoming more and more overwhelming. And so actually the, the thing I was struggling with most at the time was that I wasn't sleeping from it. And I'd previously been someone that hadn't had any issues around insomnia. And so that was a real kind of breaking point where I thought I can't do this anymore I can't just put up with this and try and push the symptoms down and just you know tread water is what it felt like and so in trying to figure out what was going on I was doing a lot of reading online um, and I think it still exists um, today there's a little quiz type thing on the NHS website that it won't diagnose you with depression, but it will ask you questions and give you an idea of whether you should at least go to the GP. And I kept taking that test. I think I got quite obsessive with it, to be honest. Mm. And I was even, you know, because you judge yourself with this, this kind of stuff, right? And so I was trying to kind of downplay my answers to be like, maybe I'm exaggerating. And even when I was downplaying my answers, every time it was telling me to go see the GP. Um, so that is what I did. And I went in then with a head full of here are all the symptoms. And I thought, well, what if I bias it? Why if they just, what if they just diagnose me with this because I've listed out the symptoms from the website? And, you know, I think all of this is a reflection of you know, foreshadowing the mental health education I'm involved in now. You know, my understanding was so little and I'd internalized so much of the stigma that it was easier for me to believe that I was doing something wrong, that this was some kind of character flaw as opposed to this being an illness and something I was struggling with and deserved the help with. So when I went to the GP, rather than telling them about the depression symptoms, I focused more on the insomnia and when I still got a depression diagnosis, then I thought to myself, okay, this this really is it. And that was initially just a massive weight off to know that there is something going on for me. There's a name for it. I don't have to feel like this. There is support out there. Um, and that was a major turning point for me. I love what you were saying about doing the quizzes over and over and kind of testing yourself because I definitely went through the exact same thing where it's kind of like you want to prove that you're not faking it, which is a really strange sensation. What do you think would have made the difference going back if you had had some form of mental health education? How would that have helped you maybe come to a diagnosis more quickly? 
Sure. It's a complicated one to answer at times because I think there's so many small ways that lack of education and understanding informs our behavior. So right from a young age, I recognized that certain behavior, like I mentioned, um, being upset but not being able to explain why. You know, even if there wasn't always active um, stigmatizing behavior around that, so maybe a parent or other adult scolding you for being upset and not knowing why, there can still be that kind of intake of breath, that uncomfortability that even from a very young age you can feel when people don't want to talk about things. And then there's also being male, the additional level of the kind of boys don't cry man up mentality um, that was very prevalent growing up as well. And so, you know, what I learned was that mental health is something that's not talked about, that somehow we can talk about sex ed and we can talk about condoms and all these things that are like, wow, we're talking about this in school. Um, And I can ask my teacher about this stuff. But mental health isn't mentioned a single time and it wasn't mentioned a single time through my whole education, despite how much I was struggling. And so, of course, people then have that seed of stigma. They go through their early life thinking, this is completely off the cards. I can't admit to this. And what do you do, right? That It's hard to think the whole world must be wrong. It it is valid that I'm feeling this way. If no one's affirmed that externally, it's very difficult to, to go again against the grain that much and think, no, all of this stigma must be wrong and I'm allowed to feel like this and I'm allowed to get support and you know, certain things like my self-esteem not suffer for it. Tell us a bit more about your campaign um, to get mental health education added to the curriculum. Sure. So that's where this uh, really links in. So like I said, not only is there such an impact from not being taught about mental health and it being a thing that we all have and we all deserve an understanding of, as we do already with schools, with nutrition and with physical education, for two examples, um, there's just such a gap when it comes to mental health. So it's not just about it not being talked about, it's also about what an incredible positive impact it can have when it is discussed, whether that's, you know, even just basic signposting of where to get support and understanding of what the symptoms can be, because where else are you going to learn that from? You know, for me, depression felt like loneliness. That was the nearest thing I understood and had ever been taught about or or I guess come across. Um, And so that's what I thought it was. And that definitely delayed me then getting support because I just thought oh this is just loneliness it's something to do with me I'm just a lonely person and so the campaign is for mental health education to be in all schools across the UK and it's been going very well we have just passed 200,000 signatures and as of earlier this month right on the first of the month when the schools were going back in England and in Wales the first stage of this launched. So mental health education is now on the curriculum for both both nations for the first time ever. So, yeah, so I'm very excited. 
<laughs> yeah, that's extremely exciting news. And I'm mm. glad it's had such an amazing reaction. Although not a surprise, I think it's been due for a long time. What's mm-hmm. kind of the next steps? What happens now that it's kind of official? Is it going to be on the curriculum from the get-go or does it take a while to kind of go through? Sure. So that's where it then gets a bit complicated. The good news is it is on the curriculum. So the education is out there and teachable right now. Um, And that's for, yes, as I said, all schools in England and Wales. So part of the next steps is getting that out to Scotland and Northern Ireland. So hence the, the campaign and the petitioning continues. But for the schools that are covered, that education is being rolled out right now. Um, in terms of deadlines, the schools have different deadlines depending on uh, whether they're primary or secondary and some other factors um, relating to kind of uh, practicality, basically. But certainly by the end of this academic year, all schools for England and Wales should have started teaching it. So what age groups um, would be learning about it? Sure. So it's for primary and secondary although there is very clear distinctions in terms of what will be taught at the different age groups so that it's appropriate. Um, So I've got some examples I've printed off here. Um, Yes, please. (laughs) So, for example, um, for primary school kids, they're taught about how mental well-being is a normal part of daily life in the same way as physical health, so trying to instill that parity of importance from a young age. Um, also taught that there's a normal range of emotions and not to demonize that. So if they're happy or if they're sad, one is not necessarily something wrong with them. It's just if you're sad, you might need a bit of support or you might need to talk about it. Whereas if you're happy, not so much, right? Happy is good, but sadness shouldn't be demonized at the same time. Um, And so just trying to instill this kind of basic understanding for the youngest kids Um, And even certain techniques that I was actually really pleasantly surprised the Department of Education and the Welsh Administration listened to, like self-care. So there'll be basic self-care techniques taught right from primary school. And given how sex ed is taught, I was worried that there would be this very scientific focus and that a lot of the general proactive things we can do for our mental health would be left out um but no so self so self-care techniques will be taught so this can just include the importance of having adequate rest time outside and time around friends and family you know not isolating obviously things like that it's so important at the moment with kids coming out of lockdown i'd love to hear about the sort of stuff that's going to be taught in secondary schools as well because obviously a lot of mental health conditions can start in the teens basically I mean for me it did I started getting depressed at sort of 14-ish and then I went manic at 18 so um, what kind of stuff is covered there? Absolutely and you're right it's so common so one of the statistics we used on the petition is that over over half of all mental ill health starts before the age of 14 and 75% of mental ill health has developed by the age of 18 so you're absolutely right, such key age groups. So I'll just pick out a few things because the education is so extensive. Um, but in secondary school, young people will start to learn about common types of mental ill health, including their symptoms, so that they can start to recognise those potentially in themselves or in others. Also, the importance of things like happiness and, again, emotions, but building on that in terms of 
how we treat other people and how our connections to others are important for our own mental health as well. Um, and further education linking to other areas like physical education, you know, reaffirming that the time outdoors, that physical exercise, that your nutrition, these can all be things that play into your mental health. And then extending on from the internet related stuff, more conversations around staying safe online, the dangers of pornography, um, also other concerns that can often come about in teenage years, um, like substance abuse is talked about, the dangers of that, the um, the legal implications, just to give kids a, a basis understanding um, of how to stay safe and just really try and be proactive with their mental health. And that's something that's so exciting to see, right? Because we understand how important it is to look after ourselves physically and the understanding is growing in terms of how vital that is mentally as well and so to think about future generations just being brought up with that parity is, yeah. is just incredible it sounds fantastic have you had a chance yet to see how any of these um lessons or classes play out in an actual primary school or secondary school although i appreciate it's it's been such a difficult time as i assume not yeah, so COVID has been a challenge with all of this. The good news is the education hasn't been delayed because a lot of people are asking me. In fact, there's also been a lot of people assuming that this has been rolled out now because of COVID, because of the mental health implications of that. But actually, it was already on the way. The timing has just made it seem all the more relevant. Um there have been trials in terms of working out what's appropriate, how different age groups will respond to the education. Um, like you said, it, it will be taught by form tutors. So it will be replacing uh, what for when I went to school was PSHE. Um, so now there's relationship, sex and health education, um, which are slightly confusingly both separate and taught in the same time period. Um, so in addition to the reforms that I'm most involved in, in terms of mental health, there's other reforms that are quite closely linked, like sex ed is being reformed at the same time. And one of the brilliant things about that from a mental health perspective is it will include, for the first time, proper content about appropriate relationships. So rather than it just being, like I said, the strictly scientific of, you know, here's a chart, here are the parts, here's, you know, how not to have a baby, wear a condom, like, you know, that those elements, which are very important as well, it will now include what is appropriate behavior. Um, and that's, you know, includes online, you know, what sort of photos are inappropriate to be sending. Uh, it includes, you know, how to deal with peer pressure, if that's um, something you're struggling with in terms of people trying to pressure you towards sexual acts. But equally, there's similar things will be taught in terms of substances as well. So the reforms are really brilliant and broad. Um, but yeah, like you said, they'll be mainly taught by form tutors um, through a kind of mixture of teaching techniques, and that will partly be informed by the school and their approach and also particular needs you know by those kids as well I think I feel very hopeful and positive for like the future generation but my final question to you would be is there anything that 
you know, as adults maybe need to educate ourselves about to change the way that mental health is viewed and kind of take down the stigma? Sure, definitely. And I think that's a concern that I do hear from a lot of parents that they wonder about, you know, the kids that will come home to a home environment that is stigmatizing, that they could learn all these incredible, empowering things, and then try and, you know, talk about them and have dialogue at home, particularly if they're struggling, and that just be be shut down and have a really bad reaction. And, you know, that's definitely something that, that we can't ignore. That, of course, my hope would be as this education continues and the, the people that go through it grow up, there will be less um, of that in society. There'll just be less stigma about. But at least for now, that still very much exists. Um, so I think, you know, people listening to this are onto a good thing of listening to mental health podcasts, getting used to hearing open and honest conversations about struggles that actually, for many people, are quite normal to go through or are a part of our our lives and just trying to normalize these conversations and I think we can't underestimate how powerful kids can be for that you know particularly the generation that's coming up now generation Z they are so clued into areas of equality um they're they're into politics in a way that I wasn't at school, you know, they're, they're so mm. active with social media and very into social justice and the environment. So there's already so many conversations that the youngest people are really helping bring to the forefront. And we've obviously got role models like Malala and Greta, who are a big part of that. But, you know, there's kids like them all over the world speaking up. And I think this kind of education will just empower them to have even more of a voice. Thanks, Bobby. That was brilliant. Um, and yeah, well done with the campaign. That's really, really fantastic. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it. It doesn't quite feel like <laughs> <it> yet. <laughs> particularly this all happening whilst in lockdown, you know. But thank you so much. So this is goodbye from Mentally Yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from Mentally, Mentally, Mentally. So tell us about your petition. So if people want to go take a look at all the progress, get a better idea of the education that's coming out, they can go to bit.ly slash mental petition. Uh, that's the direct link or mentalpodcast.co.uk for my podcasting and work more generally. And where can people listen to the podcast? Uh, the easiest thing I've found is if you search my name, Bobby Temps, that's Bobby with a Y, uh, generally wherever you are, it'll come up. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 